now recording from deep within the bowels of Castillo de Metal, located in the barren wasteland of South Broadway. Three heavy metal degenerates doing their best to put sentences together and discuss all that is hard rock and heavy metal. The Stone and Steel Cast! Okay, we are back. The Stone and Steel Cast, uh, back for our uh, sophomore effort. Now, after last week's uh, debut smash hit, thank you for joining us. I am James Yarnell. Accompanied, uh, accompanying me again is uh, Brandon Moss and Patrick E. O'Connor. We also have a special guest uh, with us today, uh, JD. JD, are you there? Yo. Yes. Hello. I apologize for the noise. That's okay. Uh, uh, we've uh, all three known JD for quite a long time. He played in the band with him for many, many years. So we're glad to have him on here. Um, we got a lot to talk about tonight. So uh, we're glad you're joining with joining us. And let's get right down to it. So. Uh, I guess we should talk about this first because it's pretty big in the news of rock slash metal. And actually, I just read the article today. Pat sent it to me uh, over the Internet. And allegedly, the, the word on the street now is, is all unconfirmed, but Brian Johnson has been fired from ACDC as a singer. And Angus is diligently looking. The band is looking for uh, a singer to replace him on the remaining dates of this tour. So... They should hire me to sing for ACDC. I'm a boo. <laughs> Thank you, Bon Scott from the grave. But um, I don't know. Uh, we, evidently, they've narrowed it, narrowed it down to a few handful, a few guys. So I guess what are your initial reactions, Pat? Uh, I mean, you hate to see it. I mean, you know, I can, I can, I can see a little bit of it from the band standpoint saying that, you know, they, they want to go on and they want to finish the tour, but you know, it's, it's Brian Johnson. He's been in the band for 36 years. I mean, <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. It just makes you wonder if there's some bad blood there anyway, if there's been, you know, some, the relationship's been on shaky ground. Um, you know, I mean, you, you look at what, what was reported last week that, you know, Brian Johnson, even after all this time felt like a hired gun, you know, that's not been confirmed that right. he really said that, but you know, then this comes out, like I said, the article, I think I found it on metal shop, which, you know, I don't know what their credibility is, but you, you hate to see it. I mean, and you know, a band that that's tenured like that, I, I, I don't think they'd have any backlash from the fans if they just said, Hey, you know what? Brian can't go. And so, you know, sorry, we can't, we can't tour. Right. But, you know, like I said, I mean, you know, I, I can't see the band needing the money, you know, needing the, needing the money to, to, for whatever reason. So, I mean, well, this same rumor said that Angus was planning on keeping the band going for another 10 years or so, which when I read that just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of, so, and uh, this may segue later, but, I'm kind of in the minority when it comes to replacing key members of a band. Um, as long as the product is good, then I am perfectly okay with someone else stepping in. As long as at least one of the iconic members is still in the band. And of course, you know a band I'm talking about other than ACDC, but I had no issues because if you're going to be, in the band and you're going to bring down the performance and you're really just 
you're you're essentially doing what Robert Plant did to avoid a catastrophe with getting Led Zeppelin back together. There's still Jimmy Page. There's, you know, I guess uh, Bonzo's son and uh, John Paul Jones. But he knew he was going to make the product on stage un unbearable because he knows he can't hit that, and it's it's not fair to the fans. So I'm actually I'm okay with this as long as they get somebody good. They've already lost Ang or they already lost uh, Angus, uh, not Angus, Phil Malcolm, uh, Phil Malcolm. Rudd. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, their their drummer is going to jail. So why not get somebody like Jim Brewer up there? <laughs> Well, uh, the rumor is, Brandon told me this uh, just a little bit ago uh, tonight that I don't know where he heard this, and he can elaborate that maybe maybe they're going to tap Axl Rose to fill in. Brandon, can you please explain? Oh, it, it's just a rumor. And right now, everything is just rumor and speculation, um, just like we're doing right now. It's anyone's guess until we get a, an actual word from the band themselves. This is all speculation. Um it's really hard for me to to believe that Axel would be uh, on board with this because he's in the middle of uh, suppose what should be uh, a Guns N' Roses reunion that yeah, we even talked about that last week um, at Coachella. They're playing at Coachella. Yeah, Guns N' Roses playing Coachella, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guns N' Roses is playing uh, Coachella. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It will be interesting as time goes on. You know, we'll keep a. For you listening at home, we will uh, keep our ears to the ground and see if we can learn any more about this. But the rumor mill is definitely spinning. Yes, I I read the article, um, and it, it's it's a and I don't know I've not heard of the source before, but I think it's like alternativenation.com, which is kind of weird that they would be reporting it. But um, they posted a picture of the guy that that uh, supposedly is claiming this from a, it's a radio station in Atlanta, actually. That's the, that said these comments yesterday. I just read JD, it before. You're, you're there. You need to get on this. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I guess, you know, what we were saying, I, you know, we like I said, we will keep an eye on this for sure. And uh, if anything else comes up, we'll let everybody know. Uh, moving on, one of the, one of the reasons, uh, the main reasons we asked JD to come on tonight is we wanted to talk about another, I guess, rumor that's going around right now. And, you know, this is talking about ups unsubstantiated i mean i don't think there's going to come anything's going to come of this but i guess ace freely uh in a recent interview said he is open open to uh a kiss reunion and i don't know if there's anything from the actual kiss camp about that i haven't heard anything but uh i don't know uh brandon what are your initial thoughts on this you know you you've heard you've heard a little bit about this what are your uh, what's your take yeah I, I heard him on the radio talking about uh how he's open to a, a kiss reunion he makes it sound like he's on pretty decent terms with those guys and the uh feuding between band members is exaggerated which on one hand i could see that because i think you know just like all the other headlines we see about all other bands all the other headlines we see in the past week even um it seems like there's a lot of uh exaggeration going on to get clicks and to get uh, views and whatnot. That's my take anyway. Right. Well, as one of the biggest kiss fans, I know, uh, JD, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, give the mic over to you. What are your thoughts on this? And uh, I also kind of want to use this to talk about, you know, and this kind of goes into the ACDC discussion, the whole discussion about original members in a band and what constitutes the original band and, 
we'll go on to another band that's kind of going through this here in a second. But JD, what are your initial uh, reactions to hearing this? These potential reu- uh, reunion rumors. Do uh, you think there's anything behind that or no? Uh, I, I really don't. And I think it's two things are going on. Number one, um, I feel like Ace Freely right now is is somehow getting a little bit more music cred right now in the industry than Kiss is. Like he's kind of in right now. And, and like his his new songs and his covers that he's putting out, like people dig it and it's good. And and Kiss just maybe they just want a part of that. But listen, here's here's where I was unpopular back then and it's gonna be unpopular now against Kiss fans. I do not want Ace Freely back in Kiss because what? he is not he is not the same Ace Freely. He cannot play what he used to play. All that stuff that he's record on his album that's in studio. Okay, when he granted, I love hearing an Ace Freely song. I love hearing him sing, and I love hearing his songs that he writes because he writes some really good riffs. But the dude's chops are not there, and they've they've they're not up to par and they just kind of water down the kiss product here in a slop as cool as it would be to have ace back in the band i'm just like why you know tommy is robo ace already nano ace he does a perfect (laughs) nano ace he does a perfectly good job of not only mimicking the solos but making them better in my opinion the be- the best guitarist in Kiss was not Ace Freely. The best the best overall guitar player was Ace Freely, but not from a technical standpoint. That was Bruce Kulick, by far the best guitar player in Kiss technically. Maybe I mean, Vinny Vincent. Yeah, that's uh, not true. Vinny Vincent was a better guitarist than. Uh, I mean, I, I love both I, those guys, but yeah, Vinny Vincent was I, extremely technical. Yeah. I th- Dude, no, you Vinny need to Vincent go back was. and listen. You need to go back and listen to the Vinnie Vincent invasion and one track in particular, and that is "Pull the Pin on My Love Grenade." <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. I, another very unpopular statement that I've made several times. That's true. I Two, can verify that JD and I have long disagreed on this. On this, three, three Ace can still deliver live favorite, though. That's I, that's fine if you don't want him in Kiss, but Ace can still deliver live though. Yeah, I and I think he's. I think He's if he rehearsed, I think if he rehearsed, he could, he could, he could play. I, I, I don't, I don't see that. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. But I mean, that's your opinion. That's fine. But yeah, well, look, my three out of my top favorite, three out of the top five, my all-time favorite Kiss albums involve Vinnie Vincent, whether he's playing on the album or he wrote some of the songs. Creatures of the Night, Lick It Up, and Revenge. Well, Creatures, me, I think, was uh, Bob Kulick, wasn't it? Correct me. If no, I'm it wrong. was Vinny. That was Vinny. That was Vinny. He helped write some some of the best songs on there. He helped write War Machine, and he came up with some of the darkest, most heavy metal Kiss songs in history, which is why those are my favorite. That's my favorite Kiss sound. The seventies is yeah, it's okay. You know, it's it's the classic Kiss, but to me, Creatures Lick It Up and Revenge are three of the heaviest albums kiss has ever done and i really wish they would return to that well you're i the, think you have to look at which, it which look one at is, it that, you know, me which one is bob kulik in now uh, he it? played on some of destroyer and ah, he also that's, that's right yeah he had to do some licks for ace on destroyer yeah. particularly <laughs> uh flaming youth 
Um, and I believe he also played a little bit on Dynasty. Or no, I think, what's his name? Anton Fig filled in for Peter yeah. on Dynasty. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think it was uh, Bob Kulik was on uh, Unmasked. Except for the A songs. Okay. Okay. That's what I was thinking. That of. too. That's yeah. Why Destroyer I was getting, I got you. and Unmasked. By the way, I want to wish a very happy birthday to the Destroyer album. It turned 40 yeah. uh, not too long ago, just a few days ago. Also, I just awesome. saw that um, another another album that turned 40 today is uh, Judas Priest's Sad Wings of Destiny. Uh, turned 40 today. So uh, happy uh, uh, birthday to those albums, both phenomenal albums, groundbreaking. So uh, sorry. Just want to interject that in there. Uh, you know, I I would like to see Ace back in the band. I I JD and I have always disagreed with this about this for a long time. I think he could still do it. Uh, he, you know, he's he's come out with some solo albums since leaving Kiss, which I think are phenomenal. Granted, they are in the studio, so he has that going for him. But I think he, can st- you know, he's been playing live uh, consistently. Uh, I still think he's got the chops. Well, what if what if Ace tours with Kiss? And he comes out for a couple songs and plays. That'd be cool. Like, shock me with the band. I would be fine with that. Absolutely. But I mean, like the reason why Kiss, Kiss is always and always will be Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons to me. Now, granted, the original lineup is the Kiss lineup: Peter, Chris, Ace Frehley. I get that, and I I believe that. But the blood, the heart, the soul of the band has always been Gene and Paul. They've been the machine. They stuck through. They didn't get distracted by drugs and alcohol. They stuck it out. They kept the band together. Hell, Paul Stanley even pretty much kept that band together by himself in the 80s. But yeah. putting in Ace Freely to me, is, it's just kind of like a neat nostalgic thing. I wouldn't want it to be in every uh, concert you know, occurrence unless he comes out as a special guest. And I really want Kiss to put out new music. I really think if they tapped Vinnie Vincent, if they could find him or her or whatever he is right now, um, I, I really think that would be a very wise move to kind of get the Kiss fans, you know, back to uh, paying tons of money for Kiss stuff. Well, yep. yeah, because I, I mean, like I said, and I, I've, you guys know my opinion. I, I don't like the. I don't like the fact that the Kiss lineup now is has the makeup on because I think nor that, do I. Yeah, nor do I. I think that should be you know I'm I'm fine you know they they've had so many uh, different uh, characters characters that you know it, that doesn't matter to me as far as you know I mean I I loved all the stuff I mean Re- Revenge is one of my favorite albums from them and you know so I mean it, it doesn't matter to me who's in the band and if they made new music with with Tommy Thayer and Eric Singer, that would be, that would be okay. But it's, it's, it's the fact that they got the makeup on. That, They're portraying that really someone else. Me They're it's portraying not, other people. Is the, that's, that's my beef yeah. with it. Right. Like, well, you know, when, when Vinnie Vincent w- was in there and they had the makeup that he was what, the Pharaoh or whatever they called him. Yeah. The Egyptian the God, Egyptian, whatever. And you know, the that, onk. Was, that yeah. was fine. But uh, honestly, for me, I, <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I love what Ace has done outside of Kiss. In fact, the the two Fraley's Comet records are are phenomenal. I think. I mean, even though there's a, you know, Ace doesn't do all the guitar work and doesn't do all the singing on those. I mean, uh, I th- I think those albums are are great. And you know, the solo albums he's put out and the what I've heard so far of the uh, 
his uh, covers album is really good, and Paul's singing on a song, I think, right? All, yeah. All I gotta say is, two a.m. on a downtown street, there <laughs> on the corner, two strangers meet. Did it? Did it? In the in night. The night. <laughs> yes, that's a classic for sure. Oh, we're gonna come uh, back to well, that later. Just a little foreshadowing, but go on. Oh, okay. Well, I guess. You know, I'm like you. I, 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 and I completely. You know, this is how Eddie Trunk feels. He's a huge Kiss fan. Has been very vocal about this. And I completely agree. I, I don't. I, I. Nothing against Tommy and Eric. They're great players. They deserve to be in the band. I don't like him wearing the makeup. Uh, I wish they would have their own characters. Uh, you know, Eric Carr was the fox. Like we said, Vinnie Vincent was the Egyptian pharaoh. Give him, give him another character, uh, and just let him do it. But Man. I, I know JD <sighs> says he, he, he doesn't mind it. He, he understand. I and I understand why Kiss is doing it. I understand why Gene and Paul are doing this. I really do, because they're those characters are more well known than the Pharaoh or the Fox or any other new characters. It's a it's for the money, but I don't know. I just would really wish that they would have new characters or not wear makeup. I'm you know what I'm in total agreement with Gene, and I can't say that very often. Although every once in a while he just drops giant piles of wisdom. Um, I think the characters became bigger than the people that play the characters. Even Paul Stanley said he would be fine with someone being the star child as long as Kiss was still Kiss, coming out there in the makeup and the outfits and the big explosions and the awesome songs. And I never, ever had a problem with someone coming in and stepping in as the spaceman because the person that used to be the spaceman couldn't cut it anymore so it's not fair to me the kiss fan who lives breathes and dies kiss and has spent million not millions thousands of dollars on their merchandise i want the best product possible on stage as long as it still still feels like kiss and it still feels like Kiss. yeah well i guess this goes on to the next topic Rat recently played here in Indianapolis not too long ago, and they only have one original mem- original member, Bobby Blotzer, the drummer. Do you guys consider that band Rat? Brandon, where's Jizzy Pearl? <laughs> Brandon, your thoughts? Hmm. It's it's tough. It's it's tough because people probably don't look at Blotzer as the key member of the band. They probably look at uh, Warren D and Piercy as being the key members. Uh, Piercy's the oldest member of that band, and I think he's ready to slow down and probably almost ready to retire. Uh, Warren and the other guys, I don't think they want to participate if uh, Piercy's out, but I can't. It's hard for me to fault Blotzer for wanting to go out and play because he doesn't do anything else. I mean, he's a drummer, and uh, yeah. I think people forget how huge Rat were. I mean, they weren't just a one-hit wonder like Terrestrial Radio would have us believe. I mean, they right. had they had several albums, and they were selling out arenas. Um, now, if, if sorry, I get in your way away from your original question. Is this the? Uh, do I consider this rat? Uh, I, I'm. I don't really have a problem with it if the other guys aren't going to do anything. You know what I mean? For for the sake of keeping the legacy alive, uh, I'm 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 okay with that. And I want to give you a really good example of of doing that. Although you might say this guy is is the key member, but look at Y and T, Dave Manichetti. Yeah. 
he's the only original member of that band uh and they and they're still great they put out great new music even though phil kenamore was still alive Uh, i think they got some new music in the works though but um that's a good example of keeping the band going or lemmy yeah Yeah. well granted uh that band, I think that lineup hasn't changed, hadn't changed for the past at least 10, 20 years. But, but yeah, that's true. Key, key member, keep the band going. Um, I think, I think that's when it works. And it's, it's hard for me to, to look at the, the rat thing and say, well, it's just a cash grab because let's be honest. I mean, they aren't filling up arenas right now. No, they're, they're no, playing, right. they're playing and, small and it, venues. They're playing uh, small clubs. Like, how much cash are they actually bringing in? I, I mean, I think in that that's a case where they're doing what they love. Yeah, Brandon, I'd agree with that. And is isn't he calling it Bobby Blotzer's rat? Rat, than, rat experience or something rat? like that. I think I've seen uh, I've seen a few shows that were listed as uh, Blotzer's rat experience. So I really yeah. don't know. Yeah, and I, I don't know either. The only thing I would say that the, the difference I see like with Y&T is that, you know, Dave is he's singing and playing guitar. So that it does kind of stand out a little yeah, more than, member. you know, just the guy behind the drums. But if the other guys don't want to do it and he wants to play and he finds guys that want to play with play with uh, play with them, play, you know, play that music, then I've got no problem with that. I mean, I think that's. That's fine. I mean, I don't really have any desire to see it. Um, so, if James, if James went out on his own as Blue Luster, would you be okay with that, or would you just be there to support, or would you be like, "What the hell? This is well." Blue the guys Luster. in Rat, the, the original guys in Rat, are not okay with it. Oh. Warren D. Martini and those guys are not cool with it, and they're like, they've gone on record saying this is not Rat. They they don't agree with them doing it. We're not going to have another Queensrÿche uh, deal, are we? Well, that's another band that's kind of going through the same things, you know. Uh, I love the new, new, uh, I guess rendition of Queensrÿche with Todd at vocals, but and uh, you know Parker playing guitar. But you know, there's a lot of people in the Queensrÿche fandom uh, that are split on that. A lot of people uh, refuse to recognize the new band with Todd in there, and only want you know recognize the band when Jeff was in the, was a singer. But a lot of people embrace them. So I don't know, think we're going to have two rats though. I think Piercy's ready to slow down. He he's a lot. He started playing out long before the other guys did. He's he's older than they are. Um, yeah. He's he's gonna. I think he's gonna slow down and probably get closer to retiring and maybe just do some one offs here and there. But uh, I think maybe the other guys are ready to retire. They they made so much money and they probably still make money off of, out of the cellar. So that's yeah. I don't know. It's just one of those age old. Uh, I guess I'm all right with having one original member member in the band, as long as the other guys and if some of the other guys in the band have been in there the band when the other original members were there. For example, uh, a band I mentioned last week, my dad's favorite band, Fog Hat, you know, has one original original member, the drummer Roger Earl, but the guitar player and the bass player have been in in the band forever for a long time. So. To me, that's basically the original band, you know. And I guess everybody's going to have a different opinion on that. Uh, it's I don't know. It's it's something. It's kind of going to be controversial, and I guess it depends on uh, each person. Didn't we? Uh, didn't we sing karaoke with the bass player from Pocket Hat? At one point, yes, in, we in did. Smyrna, down in Florida. That was a uh, yeah. That was, that was random. Okay, yeah. so I guess we can go on. Uh, 
I'd like to talk now about some recent releases, some albums that maybe have come out recently that we want to talk about. You know, 2016 has been, it's been horrible for rockers' deaths, but it's been great for uh, new music. Um, I got some things written down here. Brandon, you mentioned The Last Vegas, one of your favorite newer bands. They had a release recently, right? Uh, I did. I did. We might be jumping the gun a little bit because uh, I was hoping to talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, Las Vegas, they had an album come out last uh, last Friday. Uh, Diamond Head, they had a uh, an album come out of nowhere. Um, yeah. I, I haven't got a chance to listen to it all the way through. What I've heard so far, I really like. Um, and Metal Church, I think, has got an album coming out Friday, and it features the return of uh, Mike Howe. So that sh- uh, should be pretty cool. Uh, he's been out of the band for, I think, for 20 years, so it's uh, nice to uh, see him return. Uh, their last album was really good, though. Generation Nothing, I believe what it was called. Right. Yeah. Well, some of the uh, albums I've that have come out recently that I've been really digging, uh, obviously the, the Primal Fear one that uh, I mentioned last time, also, Saxon, uh, the classic rockers, Slax, uh, Saxon, have, have a, had a slew of great albums come out recently, and this one is no different. It came, it's called Battering Ram. I think it was released in January or so. Maybe, uh, I can't remember. It was in the last few months. It was last year. Oh, was it last year? Yeah, it was, I knew it was recent. It was, uh, it's just phenomenal. The mixing, the songwriting is just killer. When you look at these guys, you know, they're getting up there in age. You'd never think that they could produce an album so great play so well i mean especially the the drummer uh, nigel uh glockler he's just uh, unbelievable sounds like he's about 23 years old up there just uh, kicking ass on the drums so another album which just i know just it came out as the last in line album featuring the original members of the dio band oh yeah and jimmy uh, bain rest in peace jimmy bain rest in peace vivian campbell and uh drummer uh, Ap- uh vinnie apice it's, uh, it's a it's a great album it's yeah. fantastic Pat, do you have any uh, new recordings or uh, JD? Do you have any new albums or anything released lately that you want to bring up? Um, it's it hasn't been super recent, but I mean you've you've been hounding me, and I'm glad you have because I really, really, really like the new Queensrÿche album that came out with Todd Latour on the vocals. Yep. Um, what a perfect example of replacing. You know, it, it's hard. A lot of times with bands, the lead singer is the band, and that's just how it is, and it sucks. I don't like that, but it is. It's like people are like, oh, Axl Rose, he's Guns N' Roses. If it's Guns N' Roses without him, it's not the real band. But this is a perfect example of how that can change, and you put somebody in like Todd Latour, who not only sounds just like Jeff Tate, exactly, except he sounds like Jeff Tate in his prime yeah, and the the dude's an amazing drummer too. He's just a good uh, musician, but that freaking album kicks ass, and they are they are phenomenal live, and they play like all the old stuff, which yep. just makes the fans cream in their jeans. Yep, I love the new album for sure. Yeah, it's Pat, that. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. Pat, what about you? Anything new coming out you've uh, been listening to? Yeah, well the the. The, the single from the new Tremonti album I'm, I'm I'm happy about and be excited to hear the rest of that album when it comes out um, I, I, I I mean other than like we talked about last week the anthrax album um, I don't I haven't I mean I've been listening to so much old stuff Evil uh, well, Twin I mean, is awesome on the new anthrax album um, yeah I've been listening to you know just a lot of the stuff that we've compiled you know of, of stuff that's 
been lost and you know we're we're finding yep. it so it's that's that's been a lot of fun to do and so. how could we not mention the new megadeth album no kidding. yeah yeah very political very it's phenomenal two new players a new drummer uh and new uh, guitar player in Kiko, so it's uh, I love it. Dystopia Which I'm coming album. around to. Yeah, I've been listening to it more and more, and um, so yeah, I'm I'm coming around to that. I I wasn't thrilled with it when I first heard it, but um, dude, Dystopia, the, the Mega Man intro it is yep. amazing. Yep, the title track has an awesome intro. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a Mega Man song. <laughs> I was concerned sure. at first because uh, I'm not a huge lamb of God fan, even though I, I think those guys are really talented, but I was a little yep. concerned just because, uh, it's, it's just not my thing, but, uh, I'm really happy with the album. It, I feel like as soon as I started listening to it, it, it had a sense of, I don't know, peace sells a little bit. I mean, I mean the, yeah. the album that is, uh, there was a lot of really cool, intricate, uh, rhythm patterns, which, you know, Chris Adler being the drummer he is, 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 is no problem. And I think, uh, P-Cells is one of his favorite albums anyway. I'm sure like among uh, other Megadeth albums. So Yeah, I actually, you're right. He said that in an interview. He said that that's, you know, that Gar Samuelson was, is like one of the drummers that he idolized, you know, when he first started getting into drumming and that um, that was his favorite record. Yeah. Um, and then, and then like the same time, Kiko said in an interview that, you know, that uh, uh, Chris Poland was, was a guy he always really really admired so it's kind of crazy that you you mentioned that because the the article i read with dave mustaine talking about it and they were they were both they were they were all three commenting on that so yeah i'm, I'm coming around to it like i said it, it, and I, i've talked about this before i mean my my favorite you know lineup went in megadeth was marty friedman you know the all those records and with uh you know just i just loved all those records so i'm always kind of uh a little resistant to change as far as you know when 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 the when the lineup changes like that I, the, the, when uh chris broderick came on i i wasn't a fan of those albums at first until i you know started listening to them more and then you know i mean um i love those albums now so it just always takes me a little bit of time with megadeth because i'm i guess i'm just such a fan i just I'm yeah. just such a fan of that era, and, and I would love to see talk about band reunions. I would love to see that that reunion, but it, it doesn't sound like that's ever going to happen. So yeah, wow. So okay. you, you take what you got. Great. Well, those are some new picks. Uh, thank you guys for uh, mentioning those. Uh, moving on. Last week, I made a rather controversial oh, statement. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about Guns and Roses, and I had the audacity to say. That in my opinion, I think some of these newer Slash albums that have come out recently, his solo albums, are just as good, if not better, as some of the old GNR albums. What? Uh, yeah. So I know we've been getting some uh, getting some flack about that. So I, it's something I kind of wanted to to uh, go back to. Pat, am I out of my mind? Am, am I just, well, I want to hear what crazy? I want to hear what Brandon says first. I want Brandon to weigh in. Oh, why is that? <laughs> I just do. <laughs> All right. Well, that's fine. Okay. Um, well, I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, on one hand, uh, if you go, if you take yourself back to 1987 and look at the music that was in style, right, and then look at what happened when Appetite came out, it was such a game changer. It took hard rock right back to the streets. 
um, things before guns, things were pretty pretty glam, which uh, I, I personally don't really have a problem with it, but but look at how much a game changer it was at, in, a, in a post Guns N' Roses world. All the glam bands were ready to be more like guns. So right. I feel like it's really, it's, it's hard for me to say is I absolutely love the Slash albums, but it's hard for me to say that his, his stuff is better than game changing appetite. However, in James's defense, I will say that Slash's records stand up next to the Illusion albums pretty well. And that's only because the Illusion albums, as good as they are and as much as I love them, they are a bit fragmented because they had they were pretty much living in sheds for appetite. They were living in sheds, living in cars, uh, barely scraping by, living on the street. And, and it showed in the music and in the attitude. By the, then they blew up and they were huge, uh, and yep. then they had budgets, they had mansions, they had cars, right. they had they had expensive guitars, they had Joe Perry's Les Paul for God's sakes, they had they had everything going for them. Which again, not knocking them because I, I love the Illusion albums, but um, I I feel like it it lost a little bit of of that really raw attitude, and uh, I think what slash the music he makes they're they're good and they're consistent and i feel like if anything they do stand up and maybe maybe even in some cases better than the illusion albums as a whole that's my take on it yeah and and i i would agree w with you and and this part of why i had you go first is because you know i i i kind of i kind of thought you would would take that that stand guns and roses is a perfect example of a band that had all that hunger and that fire in their belly. And then when they, when they got it, they, they, not that they made bad music, but they made a different kind of music. And I, I loved the use your illusion albums and I, I, I still do, but they are a drastic change from, from appetite. If you look at appetite, I mean, that's an album that has, you know, punk on it. It's got, metal on it it's got hard rock on it it's got you know just a, a, a ton of different influences there because that band like you said was poor starving hungry you know was just stealing guitars to to, to play shows yeah. and you know they they had that fire in their belly <clears throat> when they made use your illusion one and two they were all overnight millionaires multi-millionaires i mean if, you know if you've read duff mckagan's book just you know the excess that 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 yeah. fame and fortune brought them and they made those albums are really good, but they're really they're really produced. Well, and, and, and I say fragmented too because uh, they were recorded in different times. They had right. members yep. in different places. Yeah, and I just finished Duff's book too. It's funny you mentioned that, and, and he talks about that a little bit. Where, and I think Slash did too, which I read his book as well, uh, just right before Duff's. And it's it's pretty consistent when they talk about how different it was recording that album than it was with appetite where everyone yeah. it was so street yeah. versus things being fragmented as they were yeah right and and i'm i'm older than all of you guys by a few years and i know i i i kind of came of age and i mentioned that last week with with the appetite album i mean that was that was just the album so there's no way in hell i can say that the slashes records uh you know outshine any of any of that music but i will agree that the albums that he's made are are not only phenomenal but 
they're consistent. And if you look at, you know, the, the first album, the second album, the third album, they, they're, they're the same, they're, you know, they're, they're just, there's a consistency there where it's just con- continuous good music. And I think, I think if you ask Slash, like I said, I can't talk for him, but I think he, he would tell you that he's making, you know, the best music of his life because just, of, just because of the consistency of it, that he, you know, it's, I think if you just, you fat, you flat, you fast forward 25, 30 years and there's just so much more that's stable in his life and stable in, you know, the, the band that he has that, you know, that, that's what it has made him, you know, be able to, to turn out those riffs. And if you watch anything live that he's done with the conspirators, I think he's a better guitar player. I mean, I think his chops are phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I, there, he is, he's yeah. a great, I mean, not that he ever, I mean, he's always been an iconic figure and he's always been, you know, a standout a guitarist, but yeah, absolutely. The, some of the stuff on those albums and some of the stuff that, you know, you see him do live, you're like, he's mature. I've never seen him do that before. I think it shows. He's I've always, I've always said that like on the newer slash albums, it sounds like somebody else, is playing, but it's with Slash's exact tone because he's doing like sweeps and 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 you know runs that I've never heard him do before. I think he's he's like at his peak right now for crying out loud. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just love the new albums. I love Miles. I'm a huge fan of his. You know, as he's, as far as I'm concerned, everything that. Axel was lacking miles makes up for, you know, he's like yeah. a gen- genuinely good guy, phenomenal singer, uh, great stage, uh, you know, a great front man, great stage presence. And range so, too. He's got range that, uh, Axel probably might yep. struggle with. Right. Yeah. But in short, James, you are absolutely wrong and stupid <laughs> for suggesting that slash now with miles Kennedy is better than the guns and roses and Pat hit it on the head. That appetite destruction album um that trumps all all right well oh come uh, on you were six years old when it was released (laughs) the music hasn't changed i still listen to those same songs they haven't changed i'm just kidding (laughs) i know you old bastard yeah i know i'm (laughs) almost 40 jeez well uh i guess you know if i guess you you uh who are listening at home uh weigh in on it am i crazy am i insane am i a complete moron let us know. I'd love to read the comments, actually, for once. I'm actually willing to read internet comments, which I've never said before in my life. So, moving on, upcoming concerts. We'll go through this real quick here in Indianapolis, since that's where we are located. Uh, Grim Reaper is playing uh, April 1st down on the south side, a place called The Headquarters. I have not yet been there. I've been meaning to check it out. But April 1st, they're playing... Uh, looking forward to that. I will not be able to go. I got plans that night. I think Brandon, are you still planning on yeah, going? Yeah, I'm planning on going. Hey, and before then, oh. they're, they're, uh, they got two gigs in Indiana. They got one in Fort Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Where are they playing up there? Four, Do you know? Four Ds. I've never been. I think that's what it's called. Okay. But uh, that's this okay. Friday. That's this Friday. So I don't know. Maybe Steve's hanging out in Indiana for a week. I hope he enjoys himself. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what there is to do in Indiana. Uh, who knows? He'll find something fun, I'm sure. Uh, also, the sword is playing. Or coming up, playing. Uh, what's that. the date that they're playing? I can't remember. I should know. They're playing at the Vogue. Uh, coming up, they're playing tonight before we. Uh, they're playing uh, April or April sixth, I believe, at the Vogue. Yes, or maybe the seventh. 
it's the Friday before the ninth. I know that they're playing. I've seen them before. Yeah. Phenomenal new band. Actually, JD uh, kind of turned me on to these guys back. Oh God, almost a decade ago because he heard them playing a rock band or Guitar Hero Two, which they're on there. And uh, phenomenal yes. band. Phenomenal, phenomenal new band. Worth checking out. Go to that if you can. Also, a little show by one band called Soldiers of Fortune. Uh, Thin Lizzy tribute band featuring yours truly. All four of us here on the podcast tonight are playing in that band. We are playing at the Fifth Quarter Lounge down on Prospect Street, um, April April 9th. Uh, it's a Saturday, so come on out. we got a great lineup. Uh, we hope to see some of you there. If you listen to the podcast, come up and introduce yourself when you get a chance. We'd love to chat with you and get to meet meet our listeners. And so that's uh, upcoming shows. If any of you know about any other coming shows, uh, you can post it on our Facebook page or let us know, and we'll make sure everybody knows. All right. Let's go ahead to our picks of the week for this week. J.D., I don't know if you know about this, but this is where we all pick an album that uh, we recommend to the fans listening at home. Check out uh, maybe albums that old or new that we are listening to currently. Brandon, let's start with you. Sure. Uh, we uh, mentioned earlier, uh, last Friday, uh, Las Vegas had a new album, and that, that's my pick of the week. Uh, it's called Eat Me. Uh, Las Vegas, for those of you who don't know, they're a Chicago-based hard rock band. They're raw, gritty, dirty rock and roll. I, I, I love these guys. I love supporting them. I've uh, got their last uh, four albums, at least. and um, Super cool band. Super cool bunch of guys, too. I, I've chatted with their guitar player quite a bit about some of his influences, and it really shows that he's, he's really into, you know, like, old school Aerosmith, Nugent, uh, yeah, even even some uh, like 70s punk, maybe more like the Ramones, and you can kind of hear that too. And they've uh, toured with Motley Crue. I think Nikki Six produced one of their albums too. Cool bunch of guys. Again, if you don't haven't heard them, check them out. Las Vegas, new album's called Eat Mail. Is that James making the drumming noise? Is he drumming on sorry, his Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, you, realize, you realize you do that. Like whenever he, you talk to anyone, he does that at work. He doesn't realize he does it. He has Tourette's. I don't think he does. I uh, think he really does. Yeah, I sorry. I put the pin down. I'm sorry about that. Or it's extreme a- ADD <laughs> that he has to drum. Well, he's practicing. So moving on. Hey, he's he's practicing. <laughs> yeah, I pa- I'm practicing for the show. I think talking about it got me all hyped up. <laughs> all right, Pat, Pat, your pick. Okay, so my pick this week is a band called Lion's Heart. And it's their <laughs> it's their 1992 debut album, uh, which is self titled. Uh, Brandon turned me on to this band and turned me on to their 2004 reunion album, which is on Frontiers Records, um, which is available on uh, both albums I'm talking about are available on Spotify. Um, uh, they're also available on YouTube to yeah. to buy the album. You're you're basically going to have to to go the route of eBay or um, like I did and buy it from some small Japanese used CD shop and I'm going to have to wait a month to get it in the mail and it'll probably be broken when I get it, but that's hey, okay. Uh, it's, it's actually, speaking of, of Grim Reaper, it, it's, uh, it's Steve Grimmett on vocals. Uh, the, the other guys in the band, I, I, I don't know anything about. They were, I know they were formed in 1990 they released this album in 1992, and like I said, I, I got to thank Brandon for finding them because I'm I'm like I'm just so jazzed about them. Um, you know, I was talking to the guys earlier. It's it's basically like if White Snake and Ingve Malmsteen had a baby, this is what they would produce. 
Uh, <laughs> if you told me that it was uh, John Sykes on guitar, I would believe you. I would say, okay, yeah, that's a, that's some solo project that John Sykes did that, that nobody ever knew about. Uh, it's fantastic. There's there's uh, everything on there. There's a song on there called Portrait. I swear to God, it, it could be on, on a Rising Force album. It's it's, it's amazing. Uh, there's times. There's a couple songs on there. One of them called Have Mercy, where uh, um, Steve Grimmett sounds like Mark Slaughter. I was like, is this a Slaughter album? What is this? <laughs> so it, it's it's a gem. I mean, it's it's a diamond in the rough. It really is. And I've been they ha- they have four albums actually, and I've been listening to the other three on uh, that that came out in the '90s uh, that that are on uh, YouTube, and I'm in the process of trying to find them so I can have them, but. They're fantastic. They're fantastic albums. So it's not only my pick of the week for the album, but I, I recommend you check out this band. Okay, Pat says uh, Lions Heart. Check that out. Check that band out. <laughs> Lions Heart. Yeah, my pick. Uh, what about my pick? I'll, I'll, I'm coming to you. Well, you're the host. Shouldn't you go last? All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I'm not going to reach too deep. I mean, not for us, anyways. But I feel like. Uh, it might be a, a, a deep cut for some of the listeners here. My pick of the week for album of the week is Mob Rules by Black Sabbath with one Ronnie James Dio. I recently turned this uh, album on to uh, a mutual friend of ours who had only heard Heaven and Hell, and that's it um, as far as the Dio Sabbath uh, time goes. And Mob Rules is one of the most underrated metal albums of all time. Of course, the the title track is, I dare you to listen to it and not try to break something or get in a fight with someone. Yep. And uh, Sign of the Southern Cross is on there. I mean, oh, love that one. It is an unbelievable album. Country Girls yeah, on that, right? I highly recommend you stop what you're doing yeah. right now. If you've never heard it, go on I Spotify. Think. It's on there. Black Sabbath. No, buy it. Buy it. Mob rules. Well, yeah, or buy it. Well, yeah, no, buy no, it. or it's buy it. Let's let's yeah. be honest. Nobody's buying music anymore. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's be honest. We do. So we. Do. I know. I, look, I bought. I bought several albums recently. Yeah. Several what what albums? Uh, then Sevenfold and um, Capital Cities. <laughs> all right uh i'm gonna go ahead and say my pick of the week it is the, the latest album from a band called striper uh, it's called fallen these oh, guys yeah. have uh, had a few excellent albums out recently uh, they've had a, uh, a ton of great albums uh, you know they've gotten some flack from the community i guess for being a metal band but i, I think that's bullshit you know what you can sing about whatever you want as long as you you, you bring it and you put on a killer show well, i like their singer you, ted cruz yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ted Cruz is the front man, which is kind of kind of weird, but uh, you know, no. They this is a phenomenal album. The, the the first single is called Yahweh. It just rips. Their last album too is phenomenal. So check it out, Striper, uh, Fallen. It came out late 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 last year at some point. Yep. So yeah, Dude, their last album has been great. One fundamental truth in this world: Striper, Striper rules. rules. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is. Everybody knows that it is the law of the land. Okay, this uh, next up is the homework part. And JD, this is a part where uh, you're free to jump off if you want. This you're not really gonna know what we're talking well, about. We, I tell you what, my phone's about to die. Well, thanks for jumping on here. We appreciate. Hey, it. we'll be in touch. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Anytime, go metal or go home.
Good hanging with you, JD. See you next time. Hey, good talking to you, fellas. See you soon. Later. Okay. So, last week my, was my pit homework pick of the week. It was Uriah Heep's Abominog from 1982. And I don't know why I picked this. I was just looking through their discography one day, and I thought that album cover looked kind of cool. It looked some kind of like Demon Ape. And I was like, oh, what's this? I checked it. I checked it out. Like, I listened to a little, just a small part of some songs. And, you know, this thing sounds okay. And so let's go around and say, you all listen to it. Pat, what do you think of Uriah Heep's Abominog? Um, where do I start? It, you know, I'm I'm all for a band trying out something new and 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 experimenting. I mean, you know, Rush is one of my all time favorite bands, and you know when you when you think of Rush, you know everybody always talks about the albums from the '80s, and there's like ah, oh, there's just too much synth and too much of this, and then you know they got into the early '90s, and it was oh, it's still it, it sounds so thin. And then they got back into, you know, kind of kind of their their style. So I, I think this is definitely a huge departure for Uriah Heep. Um, and I and I'll be brutally honest. I'm not a, I've never been a big fan. Uriah Heep was is, was like my dad's favorite. Band. <laughs> and so yeah, I, I'd not really ever listened to him when I when I hear the album um, and, and there are some bright spots. I'll give it that track one and track nine. I was impressed with that is uh, too scared, too scared to, run to run was track one and, and track nine was sell your soul. And I think that was the best track. I, I really get the sense that it's, you know, kind of a band's last grasp at, Hey, let's, let's, let's try this. I, I mean, I got, you know, I mean, I, I, I just got, you know, kind of drowned out in a lot of the keyboards yeah, um, you know the synthesizers. There were a couple tracks that had some good synth intros and stuff, but uh, I, I swear to God, at one point I thought Lou Graham had joined Uriah Heep. I had to actually, I had to actually Wicket or Google that to find out because I, I swear to God I was listening to the <laughs> Foreigner album. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, and I, I don't. <laughs> yeah, just that's just that's just the the the, the vibe I got, but. I also got, and I was looking at, you know, it came out in 82, which would still be kind of the disco era. I got a couple of tracks that I kind of felt had like a disco feel. Track three, which was called On the Rebound, and then track four, which was Hot Nights in a Cold Town. I really got a disco feel out of that. Um, you know, I was joking with James the other day. I, I would say that it, it's a Uriah heaping steam of shirts sh- heaping <laughs> steaming heap it. of shit <laughs> uh but you know like i said I, I i'm not you know we're all musicians we we play um i i am i am totally fine with a band you know departing into foreign waters and and giving it giving it a go so you know not knowing a lot about the band i don't want to speculate that oh they're just trying to cash in on that 80s sound and stuff like that because that would just be that that would be naive of me to do that so uh, you know it, it's what it feels like to me but without knowing a lot about the band i don't know i'm i'm not a fan of the album uh james said it best when he said there's some good tracks on it but it's i think it's pretty forgettable yeah so that's me, Brandon. All right. I feel like there's a lot to talk about uh, 
for this album. Um, first of all, uh, I, I got to disagree that this sounds like disco. Um, it, if anything, to me, this sounds like a 70s prog band that became for a short while an 80s AOR band because they're a 70s prog band that became an 80s AOR band for a while with yeah. uh, the synthesizer it, it, and the moogs but um too scared to run i think is a strong track uh i actually yep. i didn't mind on the rebound um because I like that that's one, uh it's a russ ballard cover uh actually yeah. uh, let me back up half the album is covers um, you mentioned Hot Night in a Cold Town. I, I didn't really care for that track. That's a John Mellencamp cover. Um, yeah. But uh, on, on the Rebound is a, a Russ Ballard cover, and everybody's covered Russ Ballard, uh, including Ace Freely. Can you guys name the tune? A little trivia there. Uh, uh, didn't he? Russ Ballard, wasn't he with Argent? I don't know. Off the top of my head, I don't know. But you guys know the tune? No, J- I don't. JD sang it earlier. Oh, into in the, the night. night. Yeah, that's a Russ Ballard. Really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. I know. No, I didn't know that. Every every week you will learn something new on this yes, podcast. Uh, I, I liked. Uh, that's the way that it is. Um, that was a cover by uh, the. They're called the Bliss Band. I, I'm not at all familiar with them, but uh, it's a, a little AORE. I'm I'm not opposed to. You want to you want to know what my notes were for running, the way it, that it is. Uh, <laughs> running all night sounded like a, a sticks tune. I thought, which uh, I'm not a not an enormous sticks fan. They got some songs I like. Um, I liked the song Prisoner. It had kind of a synthy ballad to it. Again, I don't think this is a bad album. It's just not terribly consistent because there's the other the other tracks. I they didn't really reach out and grab me. But in the album's defense. I think uh, since Bob Daisley being a, a big contributor to the band, this is right after he wrote or co-wrote uh, Blizzard of Oz and yeah. Diary of a Madman. So who knows? Maybe he was just running a little bit empty when they did this and they thought, oh, well, I've got this much material to write. Uh, the rest will be covers. And uh, I don't know if any of you guys uh, checked out uh, the original versions of the songs they covered, but a lot of them sound almost identical to the original material for, you know, the, uh, let's see, that's the way that it is. And, and prisoner, they, they sound pretty close with the exception of, you know, maybe the vocals or the way they were saying, or even hot night in a cold town, which again, that was the one I, I thought was kind of a, more of a throwaway, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's my verdict. Not, not bad, but not consistent. Yeah. You're like me, and like I said, I'm not going to be rushing back to listen to it again. Yeah. Um, and uh, as the fact check here, actually, Brandon, uh, I pulled it up here on on Wikipedia. Uh-oh. He was an Argent. Russ Russ oh. was uh, Russ Ballard's, Ballard was an Argent. Gotcha. He wrote New York Groove. Huh. Hmm. I don't think I don't see anything in here about in in the night. And hmm. he wrote uh, Rainbows since you've been gone. Since you've been gone, yeah, I knew that. And. Um, yeah, he he wrote "God Gave Rock and Roll to You." <laughs> so, huh, that's something. Uh, like we said, you learn something new uh, every every day here on the Stone and Steel Cast. So, I'll go ahead with my comments. Uh, you know, we're kind of up against it, so I won't take too long. But you know, I kind of echo what you guys both think. You know, uh, overall, pretty forgettable. Uh, you know, actually, Pat, you listen to it the night uh, 
of the we had our last podcast and when you said foreigner that's all i could hear when i was listening to it (laughs) seriously i was like oh my god he's right it does sound like lou graham should be on there it sounds like it sounds like a foreigner album it really does which isn't bad i like foreigner yeah i don't hear uh, foreigner i I, I gotta disagree there i don't hear foreigner at all oh wow but you know i i can tell you one thing the music doesn't really match the album cover no no (laughs) so yeah like i said it's not something horrible if i was hanging out somewhere at a party and somebody threw it in i wouldn't i wouldn't throw a fit and start throwing fists and uh being a being a dick to everybody like i am sometimes at parties when i put put music on but uh no you know it's okay like i said though i'm not in a big rush to listen to it again it's uh pretty forgettable but who knows if fans if you uh, haven't heard it check it out and let us know what you think please russ ballard did i found it russ ballard did record in the night he did yeah 1984 oh okay well there you go folks you uh fact check my fact check i i to 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 comment on what brandon was saying i i did write on several of the songs i was getting an, an aor feel for some reason yeah. just those two songs i mentioned i just really felt like yeah. there was kind of like almost that i was made for loving you that you know the kiss i, I was just kind of getting that feel from yeah. from those songs i actually listened to the album twice i listened to it the night that we uh that it was assigned and then i listened to it um i don't know a few days later but I heard more sticks in '80s Kansas, '80s sticks in Kansas than I. Yeah, heard I could hear that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. definitely. But then again, that's AOR pretty much. Yeah, so. the, true. My notes for the track that's the way it is were started promisingly, then failed. <laughs> <laughs> well, where do you see the video? Uh, I'm going to post that. Like my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can relate. Okay, so any uh, any last comments on that album? We so now, Brandon, it is your term, turn for this week's pick Good. of the week. Good. Uh, homework assignment. We're going to switch gears. So what do you gears. got for us? We'll switch gears a little bit. I'm going to give you guys something I think you'll enjoy listening to a little bit more. It's uh, a little album called Trouble Walking by a man named Ace Frehley. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And I will leave you with that. Yeah, that's all I got. All right. Ace Frehley, Trouble Walking, you know. I don't know if I've ever listened to that all the way through. I've heard some of the songs, but I never really yeah. sat down and, and gave it a good, solid listen. I've just always like either either had it on an iPod or just started uh, streaming it and didn't really listen to it so much. So that's a good pick. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I think Brandon, you guys is that the it. album that has the cover of uh, Do Ya, Do Ya? Uh, it's, it's got two covers on there, as a matter of fact. But, uh, yeah, go listen to it. Yep, oh, sure will. look for uh, guest appearances by uh, certain... T- uh, Skid Row members on background vocals, too. Hmm. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll keep an uh, ear out for that for sure. Okay, any uh, final uh, comments from you, too? Uh, no, just uh, like the page, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, I've, I've added some videos of some of the, the music we've been talking about, including our, our uh, picks of the week. Um, I, found a, I found a video for that uh, Abominog album that uh, I added to the playlist. It's, it's definitely worth a view. It's uh, awesome. some classic 1982 uh, visual. Oh, I can't wait. I'll have to watch that for sure. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you, uh, JD, for coming on and being our special guest this week. We appreciate it. Thank you at home or in your car listening to us. We definitely appreciate it. And we will talk to everybody next week. Until then, keep rocking. This has been The Stone on Steel Gossip. Follow us 
on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.